On today's episode, we are launching a new mini-series that's like a virtual hug in film form. There's a snake in my boots. You've just entered the Davis Locker. Hello and welcome to The Davis Locker. I'm your host, Chris Davis, and with me as always, albeit via the magic of modern technology, is the bubba to my gump. It's only Gazzardy. <laughs> Gazzardy, how's it going, my man? Yeah, I'm going very, very well now. It's, uh, it's a bit odd, this, isn't it? I'm, I'm looking at the camera there. Weird. I should be looking over there when I'm talking to you, but I'm not. Chris <laughs> is on a tiny little screen here. We've got a video conference call, so I can see him, yeah. and he's in my earbuds as well. And he's in my massive bins. I'm not as uh, <laughs> posh as Gaz. He's, he lives in the he lives near he works and lives near the city. So he's got airbuds. Are they called airbuds? Airbuds, yeah. Pods? Airbuds. Yeah. yeah, I've got these massive uh, Amazon special Bluetooth <laughs> things. <laughs> but nevertheless, we're here. Uh, it's a, like Gaz says, it's a bit of a difference. We are doing this remotely, uh, obviously due to the uh, coronavirus outbreak, uh, COVID nineteen and the global pandemic that we're currently all going through. Uh, a bit of a strange one, isn't it, bud? It is strange, yeah. I mean, I've, I've been really busy. So for the majority, my days have been quite normal. Um, it's just on the weekends. The first weekend that we were on, told to be in lockdown. Don't leave your house, save lives, protect the NHS. That was the, that was the message we were getting from the government, and I totally buy into that, definitely. But the first weekend, I did. That was the first time when I felt quite cooped up. But um, yeah, I'm getting used to it now. I'm getting used to it. And more importantly, how are you feeling? Because uh, well, you all might not know, but old Gazadier has pretty much had every single symptom, um, albeit mild, haven't you? Luckily, I'm very thankful. Exactly. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling? Ooh, but? I had a cough, little cough, and I had a mild fever. I had the corona. <laughs> oh. oh no! I've been practicing that all week. <laughs> but, but no, you're, yeah, you're thank, all right then. Th- take it. Thank, yeah, <laughs> thank you, Chris. I am no, I am pretty much out out of the woods, as they say. Yeah, my symptoms are very, very mild. I had a, a, a real bad cough. That was that was the main thing, really. My fevers kind of came mm. and went, and um, the weirdest thing, and it's only just coming back now. I completely lost my sense of taste and my sense of smell. Bizarre. I mean, I do get hay fever you... around this time. So at first, I Annoying. thought that's what it was. Annoyingly, would have been handy being sat next to me in the studio, wouldn't it? If you couldn't smell my uh, exactly. trumpets, shall we yeah. say? <laughs> of which there are many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, but, uh, it's been yeah, two weeks now, so I'm pretty much done. Yeah, yeah. How have you found it, Chris? Here, but I was, I was worried about you. Have I found it? Um, I'll be honest. I've been, I've struggled with it mentally, uh, and there's a lot of people I know that um, have mental health issues out there. I'm one of them. I have, I've had OCD for. Well, since I was a child, essentially, pretty much. And I've been fine with it, been able to manage it for many, many years. But this whole thing, for some reason, just brought it all out of me. And uh, it was very difficult for a while. A lot of anxiety. And I know a lot of other people are feeling that. If you are feeling anxious and you want to reach out to anyone, please do it. There's plenty of people to talk to. There's a lot of charities that deal with mental health that can help you around this time. Even if you want to reach out to us, drop us a direct message. Get in touch with us on our social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Get in touch with us on there. If you want to just talk about it, just someone to message back and forth and um, just check you're doing okay. We're, we're more than more than willing to do that, aren't we, Gar? 
We are, yeah, and I think films and, and TV are, are, are a massive release, and I think that's what most people kind of sure. gravitated to in, in this time. But yeah. um, I, I, I do want to pull something for you, Chris. I've seen oh. a lot of people growing stupid facial hair, Exhibit A, mm. but you seem to have gone the other way and got rid of all your stupid hair. I have, and that, and that was to do with my, my anxiety about all of this. I saw that, you know, um, when you've got OCD like I have, you, you read too many bad things. You know, I've, I've learned to kind of avoid the news and things now. But um, for a time, I was really absorbing it all. I was reading, you know, if you're going to wear a face mask, if you've got a beard, get rid because, you know, the germs will get in your beard and all that. So I was, you know, frantically in the bathroom, like, like a scene from a film, you know, shaving, shaving the beard and... Um, and all that stuff, and uh, and it's been tough. It's been, you know, it feels weird talking about it because you've had it, and yeah. I've just been petrified of 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 getting <laughs> it, you know. And um, and it's such a strange place to be. But I think what I've learned is the old adage of focus on what you can control rather than what you can't is 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 where your mindset's got to be. And uh, thankfully, I'm kind of um, as long as I'm in my bubble at the minute. I'm managing to stay on top of it, so I'm, I'm pleased about that. And I'm, I'm working and doing all that stuff has kept me busy. So um, it's nice to be back here doing this, isn't it, Gar? It is. Yeah, Together. it's very odd this setup, Together. but yeah, it's good to be back. <laughs> so what we're doing is, so we're talking about the, you know, the anxiety and all that kind of stuff of this whole situation. A lot of people in self isolation. A lot of people in lockdown with their families. And the movies has been the go to happy place, hasn't it? Yeah. You know, we've all got, we're so lucky to be living in this time period, really, when you think about it in terms of how much we've got for the, in terms of streaming, we've got Amazon Prime, we've got Netflix, we've got all these things, we've got now Disney Plus. Exactly, yeah. Which everyone's pretty chuffed about, aren't they? So, so what we thought we'd do is, we'd start a little series talking about feel-good films, isn't it? Because I've avoided it. all of these, I mean, I know you're probably one of them, because I know what you're like. People watching things like Contagion. And pandemic. I mean, that's my worst. I couldn't handle that. That's my worst yeah. nightmare right now. So I've been exclusively watching feel-good films, and uh, we thought we would kind of talk about a couple tonight. Then we got a couple of our favourites. Well, that's it. I mean, when when you were in kind of lockdown, lo- proper lockdown, mm. away from the world, I started yeah. doing that coronavirus film challenge. Yeah. And at the start, there was loads of people really getting involved. But I mean, towards the end, it was obvious that people were kind of turning their back on these types of films and they wanted feel good and that's what we kind of saw in all the Facebook groups we're in across Twitter yeah, they were like sure. right now let's let's find out some feel goods and and we went to our our yeah. social media and we've asked people what are your favorite feel good films and we'll keep doing that we want you to get involved and we've kind of compiled a bit of a list and we're going to start yeah going through it so who are we starting with today yeah. Chris well we're going to start with another person who has thankfully like yourself recovered from the coronavirus, probably the most high-profile case so far, apart from Boris. Get well soon, Boris. I'm not a Tory voter, but get well soon. We're all in it together. Um, it's Tom Hanks. So we thought we'd look at a couple of the Hanksters' best films, in our opinion, and a couple of the most feel-good ones, and they are what, yeah? Well, we went... So people have said, in their droves, Forrest Gump. Yeah. And then... Also, a kind of a close second. I thought it was going to be Toy Story. I really didn't think it was going to be Toy Story, but in fact, yeah. it's the 80s classic, Big. Oh, what a couple of films these are. Right, without further ado then, should we crack on with the first one? Let's do this. Mm-hmm. 
Right, okay, so the first film we're going to take a look at is Forrest Gump, the classic from 1994 starring Tom Hanks, Sally Field, McKelty Williamson, Robin Wright and Gary Sinise and directed by the great Robert Zemeckis. Gazzadee, Forrest Gump then. Give us an overview of what's going on. Well, Forrest Gump, it charts a, a man who's, I think they, they say he's not the sharpest tool in the box. I think he's got an, an IQ he's of like not. 76 or something, but he leads yeah. a remarkable life. He has chance encounters yeah. against a number of historical points and a number of celebrities, and it's fantastic. I absolutely love this film. If you don't believe me, check me this out. Run VT. Hello, my name's Forrest, Forrest Gump. Would you like a chocolate? Oh, thank you. It's funny what a young man recollects. You're the same as everybody else. You are no different. Your boy's different. Are you stupid or something? I'm as stupid as a stupid does. I'm Jenny. I'm Forrest, Forrest Gump. She was my most special friend. My only friend. We was together all the time. We were like peas and carrots, Jenny and I. Run, Forrest! Hey, stupid! Run! You wouldn't believe it if I told you, but I can run like the wind blows. Who in the hell is that? That there is false Gump, Coach. Just a local idiot. I never thought it would take me anywhere. David put me on a thing called the All-America Team. Well, you get to meet the President of the United States. Congratulations. How does it feel to be an All-American? I got a pay. I believe he said he had to go pee. Now, maybe it's just me, but college was very confusing times. Have you ever been with a girl, Forrest? I sit next to them in my home economics class all the time. Have you given any thought to your future? Go! What's your sole purpose in this army? To do whatever you tell me, drill sergeant? You're a damn genius. You are going to be a general someday, go. Yes, drill sergeant! They sent in me. To Vietnam. Listen, you promise me something, okay? If you're ever in trouble, don't try to be brave. You just run, okay? Okay. Where are you boys from in the world? Alabama, sir. You twins? No, we are not relations, sir. For some reason, what I was doing seemed to make sense to people. Forget about me! Get yourself out! I've been awarded the Medal of Honor. How come? Now, my mama's always telling me how miracles happen every day. <laughs> Some people don't think so, Jenny! but they do. You can come home with me at my house in Greenbow. I'll take care of you. Why are you so good to me? You're my girl. Paramount Pictures presents Tom Hanks. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. Robin Wright. Will you marry me? I'd make a good husband, Jenny. You would, Forrest. But you won't marry me. Gary Sinise. I never thanked you for saving my life. And Sally Field. My boy Forrest is gonna get the same opportunities as everyone else. A film by Robert Zemeckis. What's my destiny, Mom? You're gonna have to figure that out for yourself.
The world will never seem the same once you've seen it through the eyes of Forrest Gump. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. So there we have it, the trailer for Forrest Gump. And at its heart, it's the story of an underdog. And it's also a love story, isn't it? Two things that have always been massively successful in the world of the cinema. And, uh, and I, I gravitate towards it, I'll be honest. I love a good love story and I love a good underdog story. And like Gaz said, he's not the sharpest tool in the box. He has some physical disabilities, so his life starts off very difficult. He's got two huge um, mechanical old school braces on his legs that sort of limit his movement massively as a child. And um, he has this relationship with his mother that's really, really sweet, isn't it? You know, she's sort of always, you know, always on his side, do anything for him. And um, and it's just really nice to see. And um, Tom Hanks is just incredible in it. Won an Oscar for it. One of his yeah. best performances, isn't it? Really good. And I think ev everyone across the board, you could argue that it's their best performances in film. I mean, like you say, he won an Oscar. I think there were six Oscars overall. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. But the, the first thing I, I thought to myself, Forrest Gump has to be in there, feel good across the board. But then I think to myself, actually, is it? There's so many deaths in it. A felon loses his legs. <laughs> but like you say, Chris, there's some wonderful, wonderful points. As Dolly Parton once said, which was kind of echoed by David Prince, if you want the rainbow, you've got to put up with the rain. You want to be careful being Brent with that goatee, girl. <laughs> oh, I know, yeah. <laughs> but there's a reason for that. We'll keep the goatee's, the goatee's got to stay, all right? It's got to stay. But anyway, yeah, it's just a, an amazing, amazing film. And um, I think for me, like, we're talking here about a feel good film. So, what we're going to do is we're not going to have a deep dive into it. We're not going to analyze it in fine detail. We're just going to talk about the bits that we like, the bits that we think this is why it's a feel good film. Yeah? Yeah. So, what, what is your right, so, favorite feel good, uplifting moment in this film, Chris? There's quite a lot, but I think it's the sort of the first one that you, we come across in the film. And there will be spoilers here. We're sorry if you haven't seen the film. We do apologise, but you know we're assuming a lot of people already have. So if you haven't gone watch it, but um, if you have, you'll know what we're talking about. And the first one for me is near the beginning when he's being chased by the bullies because, like I said, he's he's got these um, he's got something wrong with his hips, I think it is, and he's called a cripple, and no one wants to sit by him on the school bus except. Jenny, who he becomes friends with and becomes this kind of lifelong love. And there's a scene where he's being chased by these bullies on bikes and he's kind of ambling along, trying to run with these mechanical braces, just limiting all of his movement. And he really wants to get away because they've thrown stones at him, they've cut his, cut his head, I think, and all kinds of things. And then all of a sudden, as he's running away, you have this slow-mo side angle and the braces on his legs begin to break up. And at first you're thinking, oh, no, he's just going to, fall flat on the floor here because yeah. his braces are what are keeping him supported and what are giving him at least a fighting chance. But no, but no, the braces begin to crumble away and what is left is this, what can only be described as the filmic Usain Bolt. <laughs> like, the braces come off in slow-mo. Forrest, young Forrest, played by uh, Michael Connor Humphreys, I think his name is, uh, looks up and he's like, oh, and it's like, it's on now. Yeah. And he just begins to run. And it's like he's been sped up, isn't it? Yeah, it's class. And it's, it's just, so good. it's such a good moment. It's such a good moment of like, you know, getting one over on the bodies and he runs off and they're just there kind of 
jaws on the floor, not expecting that to happen whatsoever. Yeah. And it just it just makes your heart sing. It just makes you feel like a million dollars. And that's so that's my feel. And I think that's probably like one of the most recognizable scenes in the whole film. I think, isn't it? Well, yeah, and it, it comes with that classic mm. ca- catchphrase yeah. or whatever, run, Forrest, run, which most... If you say yeah. Forrest Gump, that's what people say, don't they? Run, Forrest, yeah. run. Run, Forrest, run. Yeah, either that or life is like a box of chocolates, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Do you know what my favourite quote from the film is? Go on. Uh, when he's, I think it's when he's meeting one of the presidents or something like that, and it just for some reason makes me laugh, and I like saying it and just repeating it all day sometimes, is... Uh, I must have had me about 15 Dr. Peppers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't know why. <laughs> That's one of the bits I like. But that was my feel-good bit, when he when his braces come off and he finally gets his legs. So what about you, Gar? What's your feel-good oh, moment? Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, this, is not, this, isn't my, this isn't mine, but it needs an honourable mention because it's almost like a part two of that when he gets onto the football yeah. field. And I know you oh, love that bit yeah, as well. Yeah, I do. I mean, and the reason I love that bit is... Not only is the scene great, it's like a parallel scene, isn't it? Where yeah. we've seen when Forrest was a kid with his braces and he gets away from the bullies. We have then the scene played out again as a, as a I think he's in his late teens, where there's some bullies. Well, I think they're the same bullies, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I think they are, yeah. Quite possibly. And uh, now in a car and they're chasing Forrest and, and at this point he can run like the wind blows. And um, he goes like stink, doesn't he? Yeah. And he runs through the field. <laughs> And then the next thing, he's running across this American football field while there's a... Is it training or a match? Training, yeah. It's training, training. isn't it? It's training. And uh, he just monsters past these players on the field. And the coaches are kind of looking, thinking, who's that boy? You know, we've got to get in kind of thing. And it's accompanied by this incredible score from uh, Alan Silvestri, who's one of the greats of cinematic film composition. And um, the music's just... It's transcendent in this film, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and it's it's part of the the reason it's such a feel good classic for me is that all of these amazing emotional scenes in the film are accompanied by this incredible score that just takes it up another level entirely. And if you haven't heard the score, please download it or whatever, listen to it in isolation. It's really really beautiful, and it'll give you a a good feeling in these weird times. Um, but uh, go on. But what's your scene, Gar? Well. It's not one scene, I don't think. It's it's, it's okay. numerous. I, might, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but I'm going to do it. It's a, it's a <laughs> sequence, and it's really the Lieutenant Dan kind of arc in, in the whole thing. Okay. Kind yeah. of, so he is his lieutenant when he goes to the Vietnam War. Um, his kind of backstory, Lieutenant Dan, every generation before him has died on the battlefield. And so he feels yeah. that this is his destiny. But an airstrike happens... Forrest gets gets Bubba Gump, his best but uh, Bubba Blue back. He gets him out of the danger, and then he keeps going back. He keeps going back to get his um, his squad, <laughs> his his battalion, getting him out. And then the final person he gets out before the huge airstrike comes down is Lieutenant Dan, and he's so annoyed, isn't he? He's just so annoyed that he was saved. It's like this was my <laughs> destiny. So throughout the film, he's just got a massive chip on his shoulder all the way through. He, he's just so annoyed with life, basically. And uh, yeah. at one point, Forrest said, yeah, one day I'm going to be a shrimp book captain, kind of in honour of Bubba. He, that's what his dream was going to be. And he was like, if you ever become yeah. a shrimp book captain, tell me and I'll become your first mate. And it's kind of when that happens, um, he does actually stay true to his word. He goes and sees Forrest, then he is his, is his first mate. But there's a terrible storm one day when they're out there. They're having no luck getting this shrimp. Yeah. And then one day, it's almost like God has, has come down on these guys. Forrest is like in, getting absolutely battered, really scared. But Lieutenant Dan's kind of on the top of the mast 
And he's like going, come on, is this all you got? Come on. <laughs> a lot of swearing, so it's a family show, so I won't repeat that. And he kind of, <laughs> at that point, he kind of makes his peace. And he kind of then, he's yeah. very heartfelt. And he's like, Forrest, I ne- I've never thanked you. I just want to say, yeah, thank you so much for saving my life. Yeah. So yeah, that's my favorite. Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? It's such yeah. a great I'm well enough a little bit now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that's what it does. See, this film, like I was saying about the soundtrack, I listen to it quite a lot. Even if I'm in the car and I listen to the track, like, you know, from some of the football scenes, there's a track called The Crimson Gump, and it's this really triumphant sort of emotional fanfare type song, but it just it hits me right in the chest, you know? And I just, I'm just always like, oh, man, I'm getting misty-eyed when I, when I think about it, you know? But I love that, uh, like you say, about the arc with... Lieutenant Dan, I think it's just amazing. And going back to what we've seen about parallels and things like that, I think there's a parallel between Forrest kind of getting his legs and Lieutenant Dan sort of, yes, he loses his, but his new life that he has with without his legs, so to speak, is just yeah. much improved on his old one, isn't it? So it's kind of like he gets his legs again himself as well. And there's that kind of parallel between them. And it's, uh, it's an incredible film, wonderful. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I agree. I, I absolutely love it. And, and again, this this film, I just cannot recommend it enough. I mean, most people will see it, yeah. but what I would say is, if you're not seeing it, definitely go and see it. But if you're not seeing it for a little while, yeah. chuck it on because you will love it. You'll fall back in love with it because it's, yeah. it's awesome. It's so good. Yeah, and at, at this time, this period in time, we need something like a an underdog story. We need a story where, so where people keep fighting. You know what I mean? Keep fighting, never give up. Always keep going, no matter what the odds. Always keep going. And I think that's what... That's what I love about Forrest Gump. He's just the, he's the hero for the everyman, isn't he? Yeah. You know. Right. Like we said, we're not going to go deep into it. If we've missed, well, we have missed loads of stuff about Forrest yeah. Gump, but tell us what makes you feel good about Forrest Gump, the film. Tell us your favourite scenes in it. Tell us the bits you love the most. Tell us your favourite quotes. Um, get on our social media and let us know. We are on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Drop some comments on here on the YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel and hit that notification bell icon and you'll get some updates about content every single time we upload. Right, let's move on, Ga. The next film we're going to look at is Big. Tell us about it, my friend. Oh, mate, the, the kind of the mantra of this film is something which I would love to live by. When young <laughs> Josh Baskin, he's a young lad, 13, I think he is, and he... Uh, Carlson. Carol Baskin. Yep, that lady... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that. Flipping heck. Can I see anything at the minute? Me. Not with a Tiger King. <laughs> um, Sorry, but go on. So, yeah, Josh Baskin, he's a young lad, 13, I think, and he, uh, he goes to a fun fair one day. He finds this this machine, the Zoltar machine, Zoltar Speaks, and he asks Zoltar wow. to make him big. And that's what I would love to be. I'm only five foot six. I would love to be big. So, in some ways, I still. I keep going to fun fairs, little rubbish ones, and I'm just thinking to myself, I hope I find that Zoltan machine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the plot of it is he does get big, Zoltan does grant his wish, and then he becomes an adult. And then it's like how he copes yeah. with that. He's obviously got his, his child mind, but he gets himself a job at a toy company, um, and then just hilarity ensues. It's, it's a fantastic film. Mm. I love it. And uh, I, got the, I think we've got the trailer here. Let's do it. Yeah. For Josh Baskin, life was a little unfair. Told you to take out the garbage. Mr. Baskin, tell you again, Josh. Josh. Until he made a little wish. I wish I were big. Sweetheart, it's 7:30. Are you up, Josh? 
20th Century Fox presents Tom Hanks. Big. I turned into a grown-up, Mom. I made this wish on a machine, and it turned me into a grown-up. Now what? You get a job. Cannot get a job. I play with all of this stuff, and then I tell them what I think. Can they pay you for that? Suckers! Vice President, he's only been here a week. See that girl over there in the red? Short upper legs around you so tight, you'll be begging for mercy. Well, I'll stay away from her then. I loved your ideas on the squeezy doll line. Thanks. What were you like when you were younger? Go well, I wasn't much different. Who are you? I'm his girlfriend. I want to spend the night with you. Do you mean sleep over? Yeah. Okay. But I get to be on top. What is so special about Baskin? He's a grown-up. How do I feel about what? How do you, how do you feel about me? You're only young once. This is important! I'm your best friend. What's more important than that, huh? But for Josh... I miss my family, Susan, and I want to go home. Oh, my God, you're married! It just might last a lifetime. You'll never forget Tom Hanks. It's Beluga. In Big. So there you go, the 1984 classic Big, and I think it was one of the first ones where Hanks kind of rose to prominence, and it was, yeah. I think it was the first one that I saw with Hanks, how about yourself? I think it was, yeah, I think it was, either that or The Burbs, I think was my first Hanks film. The Burbs, I love that. I think either that Truly or The Burbs. underrated film. Yeah, yeah. brilliant film. But he, he was nominated for an Oscar for this, as far as I recall. Yeah, again, yeah. He, he loves it, doesn't he? He, he loves an Oscar. Hanks. He loves it so... <laughs> Okay, crack on, guy. Let's do it. The, uh, yeah, so the film was actually directed by Penny Marshall, which might not be a household name, but she directed Hanks again in A League of Their Own with um, Madonna. Yeah. Gina Davis. And also friend the... Of the show. Awa- pardon? G- exactly, <laughs> friend of the show. <laughs> and Awakenings, which I think that's underrated yeah. as well. Um, Robert De Niro yeah. and um, Robin Williams a really really good film again if, if you've not seen that one and not many people have I, I rate that as well can I tell you something speaking of De Niro what? he was going to play Josh Baskin yeah, he was going to play it and then he uh, wanted too much money apparently he wanted 6 million Hanks only wanted 2 million so so there you go imagine Robert De Niro as Josh Baskin That would that's a different film oh. isn't it it's a completely different film. <laughs> completely different film. <laughs> but anyway, we digress. Gaz, go. Hit us with the cast, my man. So the cast is um, Elizabeth Perkins. We got Kevin McAllister's dad, mm. John Hurd. Robert L- Loggia, or Logia. I say Logia. I, I would say Logia. I reckon they is. would say Logia. Yeah, like your Christophe Lambert. That's his name, Christophe <laughs> Lambert. <laughs> And also uh, Jared Rushton, who plays uh, Josh's best mate. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he reminds, I, he reminds me. I of love you. this film, and it. He reminds <laughs> me of you when we were kids. When we were kids, Gazzardy looked like little Billy. Uh, yeah. But without. <laughs> yeah, the I had the hair, didn't I? Spiky hair, yeah. <laughs> rotund. <laughs> but you know, right? Saying that, right? I'll just get straight into it. That's why big for me is a feel-good film, and why it's a classic feel-good film because 
it's really, really nostalgic. It reminds me of me and you yeah. when we were kids. You know, the stuff that they do is the stuff that we did. You know what I mean? Like, um, I mean, not when I say that we didn't, like none of us went to a weird machine and ended up as a grown man or anything like that. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, their relationship, like singing songs together and doing daft things, a little rap they did, you know, um, it reminds me of when we were kids. We were like that age, weren't we, in our, in our prime you know what I mean and it was just yeah, like it was just yeah, a great yeah. time and that's what I love about Big is it just reminds me of being ironically even though it's about someone growing up it reminds me of being a kid again yeah yeah and that's that's, oh, that's what fantastic. it is for me do you have a favourite do you have a favourite scene at all well on that point my, my favourite bit of Big and there's a lot of kind of like you know um, famous scenes from it you know but um, I think my favourite bit is once Josh is working in the the, the toy company and he's just uh, he's working on sort of the admin side isn't he he's like or he's the uh, what do they call him uh, what do they call him there? he's like the the boy who goes around just getting the letters out and stuff he's like the mail boy isn't he yeah like the mail, mail boy like and yeah. um, but it's when he's uh, sat there alongside uh, John Lovitz and he gets the first paycheck he gets his first paycheck yeah. and obviously yeah. John Lovitz is playing this like you know downtrodden kind of had enough of it had enough of working there kind of guy and he gets something like $192 or something. I can't remember the exact amount. And he's just beside himself. Because obviously at heart he's an 11-year-old or whatever he is, boy. And um, he gets like this $190. And he's like, $192? And he's like, you know, made up about it. And then him and Billy go on this. They go collect the money first off. They, they cash in his check. Collect the money and uh, spend it all on like pizza and just kind of mucking about. And it's the kind of thing that we would have done. You know, it reminds me of when we were kids and we'd go, <laughs> we'd go to the pictures in the, the Hippodrome in Wrexham Town Centre, sadly no longer there. And uh, we'd go to the Old People's Market, which is also no longer there. We'd buy like things like just crap, like darts flights and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> stuff for playing darts when we got home. And they just, and they buy all this silly string, don't they? And they like just do that scene where they're like <sighs> shooting the silly string at each other. And, and it's just brilliant. And it's just the fact that they just waste this money because they've got no concept of, you know, bills and all that kind of thing. And I just, I love that part. That's, that's, that for me is my favourite scene. And that's what makes me feel good because it just, it reminds me of me and you. It reminds me of us when we were kids. And, and that's why yeah. I love it. And I watched it the other day and, you know, I watched it with my little boy who's nearly six. And um, the look on his face, like when he goes to Zoltar and all that, he was just, it, I looked at him and he looks like me anyway. And I just imagined how I must have looked. And I just seen it again through his eyes. <laughs> it just ramped it all up. And it was just so such a fantastic experience. So if you've seen Big and you love it, and you've got kids, watch it with your kids as well. Because seeing the magic again through their eyes is just, you can't beat it. So yeah, it's the nostalgia for me. What about you? I love it, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and just every detail that's got into it, hasn't it? They've just got, they've crammed it like his apartment. When they yeah. get like a trampoline in there, it was like, oh my God, I would love to have that when yeah. I'm older. <laughs> but the, um, I mean, you've mentioned it, we've mentioned it before, the Zoltar scene that kind mm. of sets the film up. I, I love that. Yeah. Um, and I think we got we got the clip here, haven't we? Let's just, we should we check it out? Yeah, let's run it. Let's see it. Drop 20p Come on. Work. Work. 
neat. Make my wish. Right. I wish I had a kick-ass movie-based podcast. So there was the uh, Zoltar scene. Because <laughs> you were saying it's one of your favourite bits, so tell us a bit more why, mate. Well, can I say something? It took me three days to put that together. And I think that's like a one minute <laughs> worth, of, worth of messing about. <laughs> but I think that kind of, that, that little parody skit is kind of embodies this, doesn't yeah. it? Again, us messing about, yeah. us getting back to what we used to do. 100%. And, um, 100%. But yeah, no, that, that scene, and I think the... Um, the key, the giant piano scene as well is fantastic. I mean, that yeah. is iconic, and I just, oh, I just yeah. love that the way that he's just, yeah. he's just wandering through, and he's just, he's, it's obviously his child's mind, isn't it? He just walks through, and yeah. him and McMillan are having a chat, and he, he just walks into it, yeah. and he's just like, dun, dun, dun. oh man, I love it. So I would, I would so assume good. then that you know that scene pretty well. I, I, do, I, yeah, yeah, of course I do. I got, I got. Would you like a test? <laughs> David Brent, go get the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I prepared earlier. <laughs> I got to remember how to play it now. Are you ready? I want you to. Yeah, uh, I was going to say scat over this, but I think it's got a new meaning these days, isn't it? Scat. <laughs> so maybe <Yeah>. don't scat. <laughs> don't do that. Uh, here we go. Go on, guys. Do you hit them with it? Go on. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I can see you just doing this. Should we just do this for an hour? <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, God. So, nothing happened there, nothing there. Nothing That's the end of the show. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, an amazing scene, isn't it? And you know, the, the initial piano that was in the F.E. Oshawa's building, it wasn't big enough to do the sort of three octaves that they needed. Ah, right. So um, the guy who, who designed it made them a special one for the film that was big enough for them to do all the moves. And funnily enough, there's a little, a real good bit of trivia, and this I found this on IMDb, that uh, Robert Loggia and Tom Hanks, when they got there to do the scene, they saw that the uh, directors and, and the production company, had, the producers had got two stand-ins that were there to kind of do it if they couldn't do the moves. Oh, nice. And what then they sort of made a little agreement yeah, they made a little agreement with each other. They were like, listen, we're going to do all of this now. We're not yeah. having them standings doing it. We're going to do it. And they did it. <laughs> and uh, it's just, it's movie magic, isn't it? Yeah. That and the old, um, shimmy, shimmy, cuckoo, bop, shimmy, shimmy. I mean, I, I didn't learn yeah. it, so don't test me on that one. But that's another classic <laughs> scene. <laughs> it's just brilliant. I married a girlfriend, just get. She's on for a biscuit, ice cream soda pop, and let her on the top. Ooh, Johnny, walking down the street ten times a week. I meant it, I said it, I saw my mum's credit. I'm cool, I'm hot. Suck me in the stomach three more times or something like that, isn't it? <laughs> Don't know. But uh, yeah, I think Hank's um, 
I'm sure he made that up for the film or something. Oh, is that right? I think so. Something in the back of my mind says he, he made it up for the film. I can't, I can't quite remember. Let us know if, if, you, if you know the, uh, the real trivia on that one. Let us know. But, um, but yeah, I mean, fantastic scenes. The piano, like you say, like it's one of the pivotal moments in the film as well, isn't it? Because mm. that's when he, he has, starts that relationship with Macmillan yeah. that sort of takes him up to be the, uh, what is he, toy development or something like that, yeah. isn't he? he gets what a job. That's one of the other things, isn't it? What a job to have. <laughs> so everyone's like, I can't, yeah. yeah, little kids going, I can't wait to be older because this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Little did now, they know, getting a job should. is a trap. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny enough, you know, speaking of like what we were saying about we love the nostalgia of it and all that, like I think when we were kids and we were, used to make radio shows in our bedrooms and all this kind of stuff together, I think if we had a wish and we said, I wish I were big, we'd want to be doing this now, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. We'd probably be well happy doing what we're doing right now. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> Just to kind yeah. of the same thing, but, but old. <laughs> But uh, I think we've got to broach, Guy, if we're talking about Big, we've got to broach his relationship with the uh, Elizabeth Perkins character, haven't we? Oh, I know. I know what you mean. You know what I mean? It's, it's a bit a, of a weird one, isn't it? It is. It is a bit, yeah. I mean, he, he's obviously well happy with it, and I don't blame him. Well, I, I would be. I would have been there, yeah, you know, smoking <laughs> hot, Elizabeth Perkins. But at the end, she's like, she obviously lets him out, and he's walking down his road, and then he turns around, yeah. and he's a kid again, and she's like, oh... Almost like not bothered. <laughs> oh, you rascal! <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, do you know I, I thought about this and I when I, I watched it again the other day. What she does do, there's a little, and I think this is the redeeming bit. There is redemption for her because it is weird. People think, well, she finds out that she's like been knocking boots with an, you know a young lad, <laughs> and um, but there is a bit when they're in the car and he's saying his goodbyes to her, and he goes to give her a kiss and she go, and she kisses him on the head. Yes, and I think. Yeah that's the redemption for her. I think that's a bit where it's like, that saves her character, then she's not weird anymore. You know, like, because it wasn't her fault, technically, was it, I suppose, or whatever. Exactly. But, um, you know, if you see a big trampoline, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, we had to broach that subject. But, um, you know, one of the bits that I don't like about it, and it's always kind of sat really weird with me, is that John Hurd, who plays Peter McAllister in Home Alone, is the, is the baddie in this, Kevin's dad. He's the bad guy. Yeah. I can't handle that guy. I hate that bit. <laughs> I know what you mean, but he, he plays it well, though, doesn't he? That's the thing. Oh, he does. Fantastic. Yeah. I like um, that scene when they're playing, is it, I don't think it's racquetball, and he's like, obviously, yeah, losing, a form and then of they have a bit of an argument, don't they, about the ball being over the line, he's like, and then Tom Hanks' character doesn't give it him back, and he gets socked in the nose, and he definitely would have done that, that character. Perfect. Oh, yeah. 100% would have smacked him, and... Um, I mean, it's not one of the feel-good bits, is it? But uh, <laughs> but overall, it is a feel-good film, right? Yeah. We agreed on that, aren't we? And everyone else was agreed on it. And so this isn't a critical analysis. We're not going deep into this film or anything. We're not going to kind of examine any shot composition and all that kind of thing a big. We're just talking about why we think it's a feel-good film. So if you would tell us why you think it's a feel-good film, we'd really appreciate it. Drop some comments below or get on our social media, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and let us know what you think of the film Big and why you love it. If it's the nostalgia factor, if you have the a similar age as me and Gaz, and you love the fact that it reminds you of being a kid again, let us know. Isn't it? Fantastic, yeah, and and that's it. We just want you to get involved. We don't want you sat there um, pining away, wanting to get out there. Come and join mm. us. Come and get in on the conversation, please. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I mean, and go- tell us. You know, some of the. Oops, sorry, bud. Go on. Sorry, I was just going to say, yeah, we want to know everything that, that <laughs> you love about it, and and going forward, trying to get two of these out a week. So we want your suggestions. What what can be the next ones on? So 
we can confirm that the next episode is going to be a, a musical vibe. We've got School of Rock mm. starring Jack Black and the animated um, musical Sing. Sing. But after that, we've got no plans, so please let us know what you want. What's your favourite yeah. feel-good films? Let us know. Yeah, let us know. And uh, like I said, get on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, on social media. Let us know on there. Uh, if you want to listen to this, uh, via a podcast means. So if you don't want to look at our faces, you just want to hear it, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. It's not bad, is it? Beautiful. Beautiful. We've also got a website, www.thedavislocker.com, and you can find all of our past content all on there, bits about me and Gaz, uh, and all kinds of other stuff. So that's about wraps us up for this show, Gaz. That's it, yeah. The quarantine edition of The Davis Locker. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the lockdown special. And remember, like we said earlier in the show, if um, the coronavirus epidemic, uh, pandemic, sorry, not epidemic, is affecting you, please, there are people to talk to. If it's bothering you with your mental health and that kind of thing, there are outlets where you can go. There's charities like Mind, there's the Samaritans, there's all kinds of different charities that can help you out. So please, 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 the first step is talking about it. If you want to message us and we'll pass on some good, some details of these different places that you can get help, we'll do that. So just please get in touch with us. You're not alone. We're all in this together as a country, as a world, as a people. And you know what? I'm convinced that on the other side of this, the world is going to be a better place. What do you think, yeah? Agreed. No, I echo every sentiment. I, I mean, really am. The, I think people's attitudes are going to be better. I think the, the environment's going to be yeah. better. I, mean, I think they've been finding yeah. dolphins in Venice and air pollution has massively yeah, dropped. I think is. we are going to have a better world when we come back from this kind of lockdown. Yeah. Definitely. And when we do come back, the world of movies is going to be back there with us and it will be fantastic and we'll be ramping up things again. We'll be there on the front lines for you guys in terms of movies uh, and also while I've mentioned Frontlines we just want to say a massive thank you to all the health workers all the NHS staff all the people working in supermarkets all the people in essential industries for everything they're doing in terms of keeping us healthy looking after us keeping us fed and watered we really really can't say thank you enough I mean it's an incredible national effort that we're, we're seeing here right now and stay in stay safe have fun with your families Feel good, watch some feel good films, and we'll see you soon. See ya. <laughs>